Well, this morning, open your Bibles if you're following along. Some follow and some really just listen to the book of Micah. It's one of the smaller books near the end of the Old Testament. And uh, don't go there very often. Occasionally, we do. So, in our country, there was a kind of a custom if you're going to somebody's house. Uh, sometimes you'll take a gift or for uh, a dinner or something. Well, what do you want me to bring? Kind of a custom uh, like that. Uh, our presidents and, and leaders of our countries, if they go to visit another country, there's uh, different gifts that they take and, and, and everything like that. Uh, I was talking to somebody uh, recently about Oral Roberts, and uh, who's no longer upon the earth. But uh, I know personally, uh, the parents took their adult son, going to go down to, uh, to wherever that is, and uh, have him pray for their son, because that's, Oral Roberts was known for his, supposedly his healing and everything. Well, it went down there, and I think it, maybe to get somebody to pray over him may have been free, or maybe it didn't cost much, but to, but to, go, to go before Oral Roberts, it took a lot more money. And that, I know for a fact, well, it wasn't really secondhand. I guess secondhand, not firsthand that I heard that. So anyway, <coughs> to go before Oral Roberts, it took a certain amount of money. We've been talking a lot about God the last uh, several weeks. You know who He is and who we are, and and uh, His greatness and so forth. What would you? What would be proper to go before God with? So in Micah chapter 6, <clears throat> ask that question. It also answers it, but let's, uh, let's look at the question first. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for a transgression, or for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Uh, I think we read recently, or maybe discussed this, something about. Uh, the, the cedars of Lebanon wouldn't be uh, sufficient enough to offer a sacrifice to this God, this holy, this mighty God, this creator of everything, creator of the universe. And I thought the universe was the biggest thing we could imagine, but I heard a question on television the other day, did he create other universes? <laughs> I don't, uh, I can't 
comprehend this universe, let alone many. Uh, anyway, if he wanted to, he did. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, but this God, that what portion we know about him, creator of the heavens and the universe, in control of all things, what would you go before him with? Burn offerings. What Israel was commanded to do. Calves of a year old. Thousands of rams. Would that be sufficient? 10,000 rivers of oil. Firstborn? What would be fitting, sufficient, to go before our Lord. And we go before him in, in worship, in prayer, as we pray. We go before him as we worship. We go before him. Uh, so, what... What would be sufficient? What would be proper to go before the Lord? What can be offered? Well, some might say, well, just as long as you're sincere, and we hear that a lot, but you can't offer just anything. Uh, you remember Cain? Cain offered the fruits of the earth, and some people say that he probably give the rotten fruit and vegetables. I, and this is my, that was their opinion. This is my opinion. I believe Cain brought the best that he had. If he had rosneers or cabbage or asparagus or, or tomatoes, I think he brought the best that he had. But that's not sufficient to go before the Lord with. It wasn't accepted. Aaron, two sons, they may have had a proper sacrifice to offer, but they offered a strange fire. God said, you bring a fire from a certain place to offer sacrifice. They offered a strange fire. Well, what difference does it make? It's fire is fire. Well, the difference is God said do it this way. Well, as long as they're sincere. Well, they were probably sincere. But just a different fire. So when people say, well, God accept our best and stuff like that, God won't accept anything other than perfection. As far as I've seen. If you've seen something different than that, That'd be a good study, but uh, I don't think you'll find anything. He doesn't accept anything other than perfection. So, are we, are we to offer? Well, we look at the Old Testament. They offered bulls and goats and rams and lambs and calves and turtle doves. Many people look to the Old Testament, don't they? 
It's like, and, well, let me back up a minute. The Old Testament is valuable. It's important. And we want to study the Old Testament. We want to understand the Old Testament. We understand that, I don't know who coined the phrase, the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. We do want to understand that and study it in that light. But do we literally worship and offer the things that they offered in the Old Testament? Blood of bulls and goats and calves, turtle doves, meal offerings and things like that. Uh, what can we offer? I, I think we'll find maybe a good way to approach is to what do we not offer? We know we don't offer the fruits of the earth, which is what Cain offered. So let's go to the book of Galatians, uh, chapter 2, and uh, we'll see some things here that we're not to offer that's not acceptable. Uh, Galatians, chapter 2. And uh, we're going to see something here that most of the religious world offers. We're going to see it's not acceptable. This is, if we're going to make a list, what, what do we offer? Well, it, it, let's make a list of what we're not to offer. So Galatians 2 and 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. How many people across this United States or the world, it's Sunday morning here, are worshiping, trying to worship through the law of Moses? The letter of the law of Moses. Knowing that man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, not very many will be justified. Well, I, I read that incorrectly. By the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. And again, I don't, we don't have the answer to this, but in your, in your mind, you just give it a thought. Across this country, across the world today, how many people are trying to be justified by the works of the law. And it's a very high percentage, <laughs> very high percentage in my opinion. And as you discuss this and, and you ask people, and I, I think I was talking to one of your brethren not, not long ago, when you're talking to people about the law, there's not just 10, but... 610, 613, even 10, I don't care. Well, actually, I do care, but you ask them, well, can you keep them? And then you hear things like, well, I believe if you just do the best you can. And that's what I hear when you ask that question. But by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Uh... Again, there's a difference between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. That's not our subject this morning. But So, again, I think a very high percentage 
believe that they're justified by the letter of the law of Moses. And Chuck, Chuck read it in Titus there, Titus uh, the first chapter. I want to uh, go there for a second. Uh, first chapter, and I think the last verse in that chapter. So we're talking about, do we go before him with works? And Titus uh, 1 and 16, as Chuck read, they profess that they know God. But in works, they deny him, being abominable and disobedient to every good work reprobate. So, again, almost everybody I talk to profess that they know God. But they don't. They don't know the God we've been studying about for several weeks now. They don't know him. They profess to know God, but in works they deny him. They're gonna, they're gonna work their way to heaven. They're gonna, God owes it to you to let you in. I've heard that before. But by their works, by their see, well, I guess I'll get ahead of myself a little bit. But if you're looking at works, for your justification, if you're looking at works for your payment to get into heaven, you're denying the Lord Jesus Christ and the price that he paid. So in, in works, they deny him. And every good work, reprobate. And, and in, if we look in the, while we're here, chapter 3 and verse 5 in Titus, not by work of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing, regeneration, and renewing the Holy Spirit. So, not by the works of righteousness which we have done. I mean, how much plainer could that be? It's only plain to those that he gives eyes to see it. And in his own time, he gives that vision uh, as it pleases him. Uh, but not by the works of righteousness, which we have done. And again, to, to go across this world today, Sunday morning, how many people are attempting to worship by their own righteousness? So do we come through righteousness? Uh, our own righteousness. Do we come through you know, the Mosaic law? We won't go there, but Matthew chapter 5, it says, or our Lord said, that our righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. Not tie it, must exceed it. So you so Philippians third chapter, we won't go there either. But Apostle Paul talks about his previous life as a Pharisee. And he talked about his genealogies and his circumcision. And he talked about his righteousness in the law. 
So uh, if we're going to give a scale or grade things, how high did this, a, a known Pharisee, Apostle Paul, who was Saul of Tarsus, so here's a known Pharisee, and, and Matthew chapter 5 says, Your righteousness must exceed, not tie, exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. So what, what grade does Apostle Paul, when he assaulted Tarsus, what grade did he give himself on the law? He says, touching righteousness, which is of the law, blameless. Can you exceed that? Even tying it wouldn't be good enough. Can you exceed that? Uh, so do we offer, do we go before him with our righteousness? Isaiah 64 and 6, we won't go there. But it says we are all an unclean thing. And all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. So all across this country today, in my opinion, a very high percentage are coming for God with their righteousness. God, look at me. Will he accept it? No more than accept Cain. The best he could do, the fruit of the earth. And we know, we know uh, about that earth and that dust. That's devil food, right? We studied that. But, uh, so, there must be another way. I mean, your righteousness, my righteousness, can't exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees in the letter of the law, as Paul said. He said, touching law, right, touching righteousness with the law, he said, I'm blameless. Later, we see him stating that all that was dung and manure. It wasn't worth anything. So, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Not with sacrifice of animals. Uh, not with the firstborn. And I believe that some of Israel did offer some of their firstborn children. I, I think that it, it tells us that, that some did offer uh, the firstborn. You, you remember the, the firstborn of the beast, every male that opened the womb was to be sacrificed to the Lord. And then it said, if, if, let's say, there was an unclean thing, you wouldn't sacrifice the unclean thing unto the Lord. So then the unclean thing was to be redeemed with a lamb, a clean beast. Then it says your children would be redeemed with the lamb. But some of them, I, I, again, I believe the scriptures will bear out, and it's been a long time since I've looked at that, but they offered. I said, boy, that would be the, the height of sincerity, wouldn't it? I mean, how could you be more sincere than that? And people say, well, if you're sincere, how could you be more sincere than that? And you say, well, that, that would have to be acceptable, wouldn't it? Well, 
And the answer is no, but not for the reasons some might think. That, well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't kill your child. The reason that's not acceptable is because we're all as an unclean thing. That's what you'd be offering to God. It's not acceptable. Helen's not here this morning, but somebody we've, we've talked about before. They said, well, when you come to God, you know, you turn over a new leaf. And this person that we both know, he says, well, that leaf's just as dirty on the other side. <laughs> so, can't, we can't go before him through our righteousness. Not acceptable. It's not a, well, it's just not acceptable. Not with our works, not with our righteousness. Then what? What do we go before him with in our worship, in our prayer? What do we go before him with? And, and I'm back in Micah again. I want to look at the next verse, uh, Micah 6. And, and I'll re let's read the, the verse 6 and 7. And then verse 8 tells us, says, With what shall I go before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for, a for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and love mercy and to walk humbly before thy God? That's how we go before him. Love mercy. Walk humbly. Uh, what does it mean to walk humbly? Uh, something we used to go to a lot, Psalms 12. So to walk humbly. I know, I know people look at it earthly, you know, uh, but humbly is the opposite of being proud, of course. Uh, but can you be proud uh, of your children? Can you be proud of, uh, of uh, anything like, like that? That's not the proud that it's speaking of. So, the proud, or he, what we read there, and what Micah tells us, you, you don't go this way. What would be acceptable? Walk humbly. What does that mean? You had to wear sackcloth and ashes and things. What's, you can't wear uh, any bright collars or anything. We know there's uh, some people out in Gallia County and places, and they don't wear collars or anything like that. Humble. But is that? Uh, walk humbly. 
in Psalms 12, and start in verse 3. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips, and the tongue that speaketh proud things. Proud is the opposite of humble. So those that declare, believe, preach proud things, it will be cut off. Well, what is, what is, what exactly is that? What is proud things? Well, the next verse tells us. Who has said with our tongue, we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? That's proud. That's not walking humbly. But it says, our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Just a few little words there, but Penny, what's that really saying? Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? The doctrine of free will and free moral agency of man. That's exactly what they teach. Who is Lord over us? Claire May, and I know you've talked to them and heard it. They'll say, well, there's no sovereign God over me directing my steps and doing everything like that. I'm a free moral agent. I can do as I please. That's proud. That's not walking humbly. When saying, well, God wants me to do this, but I'm a free more agent. He's not over me. I can do whatever I want. That's not humble. That's not the walk, that's not the walk that's acceptable to God, according to the scriptures. That's proud. Our lips are our own. Who's Lord over? There's no sovereign, supreme God over me. Do whatever I want. Uh, well, I could, we could all think of many examples of people we've talked to that have stated things of uh, that nature. Uh, one lady, I, I can still picture it. And she said, God was calling me, but I told him, you have to wait a little longer. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> I think of my mom or dad would out at Waterloo in a little village out there. And the little village did, everybody was, uh, the kids was community property. <laughs> if we had somebody's house and they ate, we ate, and so forth and so on. Everybody watched out over everybody. But if mom and dad called and said, come home, I didn't say wait a little longer. <laughs> I may have tried it once. I don't think I even tried it once. But anyway, I didn't say wait a little longer. And to tell God, I'm not ready yet, wait a little longer, is that walking humbly? Is that acceptable? And the answer is no, it's certainly not. Psalms 51, while we're here in Psalms. But we're talking about what is acceptable. What's not acceptable, we can't go before him through our works. We can't go before him through our righteousness. But to walk humbly. Psalms 51 and uh, 15. O Lord, open thou my lips, 
and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Now, I'm going to pause there for a minute. You say, well, that's, that's pride. My mouth shall show forth thy praise. But what does this start out with? Lord, you open my lips. Lord, if it's up to me, I'm going to be proud. I'm going to be not walking humbly. But he said, Lord, you open my lips. And that's the result of the Lord. Uh, o Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, that will not despise. So, to praise God and not man, to walk humbly, realizing that he is the most high God. He is supreme. He is sovereign. He's free of outside influence. And that's, that's a little tough for us to accept in the beginning as he opens our eyes and everything. We want to think, again, this gentleman that I uh, thought a lot of, he said, you'd like to think we have something to do with it. And that, that's our the nat natural man. That's what, we would, that's what we would think. So we have these that say they know God. But what they don't know, they may know a little about God, but they don't know about themselves. I was reading in Hosea recently, and it's talking about Ephraim. and said he's a, a, a cake unturned. And I guess they had the cornmeal cakes and stuff, and they would bake on the hearth or whatever, or however they would do it. But Ephraim, he was a cake unturned. Is that where the terminology half-baked comes in, I guess? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, said he's a cake unturned. Well, what's that mean? Well, I'm, you could apply it to a lot of things. But the other side's not cooked, not done. And again, you could probably apply that to a lot of different ways. But I see a lot of people that know something about a God. He's a creator and stuff like that. What they don't know is what we are. They think we are something. Proud. There's no sovereign supreme God over us. So uh, that might be a new terminology I may, as I look at the religious world, might say it's half-baked. I don't know. Uh, but anyway. So, but you see the, the, the difference in the walking humbly and being proud. To walk humbly need to be made to see what you are and what I am. Uh, you remember Daniel had a vision of God. And there's a lot involved in that vision. But the one thing that really sticks out to me is he says, in other words, when I saw God, when I saw this vision of God, he says, I retained no strength. No strength. We need to see that we are totally depraved. And that's walking humbly. We, 
I'm so depraved and poor, I can't pay my own way. We, in, in society, people get in certain conditions, they can't pay their own way. And, and there are uh, uh, systems and things set up to help them and everything. And I, I remember one person I talked to many years ago, hadn't thought of this for several years. A lady uh, came to me and she was uh, uh, nicely dressed, had, I think, two or three children. <clears throat> and... Uh, she was really, really down, uh, down and out, so to speak. And uh, she'd come, and, and she, needed, she needed a place to live. She'd been living in her parents' home, and they were selling the home. She didn't have a place to live or anything. So I was trying to help her with some rental assistance, and then I also uh, directed her to other places within our agency. And uh, she felt so bad. And I said... I said, this is what these programs are set up for to help people like you. Some people take advantage of it. Sure, they do. I said, but it, it's set up for people like you. And actually, she called me a few months later, and she'd, well, she said, I'm going to be interviewed for this job as a manager, but I've never done that before. I don't know. And I said, I said just go ahead and do the best you can. And she got the job. She's off with assistance and everything. Uh, but anyway... Not proud when we can't pay our own way. And we can't. I can't pay for my redemption. I can't pay for the salvation of my soul, and neither can you. If we think we can get to heaven by our works, by our righteousness, then we're walking, we're not walking humbly. Uh... says in Psalms 139, man in his best state. Now, we can look at man in his worst state, man is in his medium state, man is his best state is altogether vanity. See, we have nothing to be proud about. We have a lot to be grateful for in our Lord, of course. Uh, so, to walk humbly and uh, we can talk about Nebuchadnezzar but we're going to be out of time uh, to walk humbly Hebrew chapter 13 so what do we go before him with we see a lot of things we don't go before him with we don't go with pride we, we go uh, with a uh, contrite heart and a broken spirit walking humbly before him that's how he says not a a thousand uh, rivers of oil or a thousand rams go before him. It's, it's to walk humbly. And Hebrew 13 and uh, 15. This is what we go before. This is a sacrifice. This is how we go before him. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name that's how you go before God the fruit of the lips sacrifice of praise giving thanks to him you say well that's giving man credit no it says by him don't leave those first two words by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise 
to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Not praising you and I. Oh, I turned over a new leaf. I don't get angry anymore. I don't smoke anymore. I don't drink anymore. Now, I'm not telling you to smoke or drink or, or get angry. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But this is what they hold up for righteousness. And it's not acceptable. That's proud. To walk humbly. So we come before him humbly, giving thanks to him. And this is acceptable. Through the blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross, that's our way of redemption. That's our righteousness. Not proud or free moral agents. We'll get there on the basis of what we do or don't do, but to walk humbly. And it also said, uh, and to love mercy. Do you love mercy? Mercy is for a superior to bow down before an inferior. Mercy. It's, it's, it's not earned. It's kind of like grace. We have grace and mercy that we use together a lot of times. But uh, you walk uh, humbly and you love mercy. So do you, do you love mercy? What the world teaches for salvation is not mercy. They teach works and self-righteousness. But to love mercy. Let me go. We're about out of time. Psalms 136. And uh, those of you that uh, heard Brother Austin teach on this, uh, Psalms 136. And uh, he was going verse by verse. And he wouldn't... Uh, Psalms 136 is studying. He didn't get it all finished. And it'd be, uh, I don't know how long we did take on it. We teach on a Wednesday night. And uh, so what would go before him is walk humbly and love mercy. Do you love mercy? Do you think it's valuable? Do you think it's important? And Psalms 136, my goodness. I wish I had time to read it all. This week, just, just read it. It says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him whom alone doth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. I'm not going to take the time to read all this. When Brother Austin, uh, every time, he'd maybe just get a couple of verses out, out on a Wednesday night, but he'd read the whole thing every time. And at first I thought, well, that's a little repetitious. But when he read it, and, and he'd read, his mercy endureth forever, uh, he, he really uh, brought that out each time. But Let's skip over to verse 23. Who remembered us in our low estate, for his mercy endureth forever. So our low estate, we fell in Adam. We're totally depraved. Our righteous is all filthy rags. Can't be justified by the law. 
What is there? Mercy. Grace and mercy. So do you love mercy? So if you love mercy, then you are walking humbly because you're depending on his mercy and not yourself. You are walking humbly. So walk humbly. Love mercy. And we come before him through the blood of Jesus Christ. The mercy and grace that was bestowed upon us. So what do we go before him with? Love mercy. Walk humbly. The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.